Welcome to podcast 32 in this series of Truth Codes Bridge podcasts. These podcasts are shared with you in order that you can find the navigation points that you require moving beyond where you are across the playground and connecting to wider creation and truth. Now, it is not straightforward as in that we just get a list of steps to take and voila, we are somehow there. The journey that we take back to our connection to wider creation and truth is a journey that is designed in order to allow us to reach understanding. Understanding is pivotal to this next phase of human evolution because we have spent so long in this, our human physical form, simply treading water. So to the everyday human logical mind, the movement, the continual rote and ritual is somehow a navigation point that when we try to dissolve, we may find great resistance within ourselves. Our childhood programming, and it is programming, we are conditioned heavily in the first few years of our human life experience. The conditioning may spring to the fore. If you are anything like me, then trying to rest and just simply chill is something that may as well be written in a foreign language. For my own childhood, I saw my mother constantly on the go. She was constantly doing things. She was constantly moving. Now that subliminally laid down a list of conditionings within my human logical mind that saw me see movement and living as constant rote and ritual. Basically, if I was not doing something, then I was doing nothing. And of course, nothing is further from truth. We require to rest, to ponder, to let go and to reach understanding. But we can't reach any of those places if our human logical mind is stamping its feet and shouting at us to do more. Now this equates to the human male just as much as the human female, although the human male has a different set of conditioning than the human female. I come from a a long line of Scottish women who are used to being in charge. Scottish ancestry is, for many of you, probably somewhere in your lineage. We Scots tend to start in Scotland and then spread out across the world. We are akin to nomads, if you like. But the Scottish and Celtic ancestry hides so many things. There are so many veils hidden within Celtic ancestry that on first looking it may appear to be romantic and wild, but living it is something entirely different. The role of the human male in our human life experience has been distorted hugely. From Adam and Eve being in the Garden of Eden, we have been giving a false reference point for the human male. Those who are of Celtic and Scottish ancestry will know the pain of the male not being there. We come from an ancestry where the males went to battle. Many of them didn't come home. This is reflected in the heritage of Scotland itself, where we have fishing villages and we have ways of life where men now go to sea 
and they go out fishing. But fishing today is no safer than it was a thousand years ago. So we carry this fear that the male will leave and he will never return. What this sets up in the human female is a defence mechanism to try and shield herself from the pain of losing the male. She will batten down the hatches, get busy and try and control everything around her. And I can see most clearly that that has been a good part of my human life experience. Add this to the loss of my father when I was just entering my teenage years and you can see the battle that I have had. But this battle is internal. Because in order to reach balance and in order to surrender fully to Christ, I have had to lay down the armour that I have created through the tools given to me through the old earth matrix and the tools handed down to me by my predecessors. So the ancestors do not help. You may see one thing, but actually what you're holding is used in a completely different way. So it may seem a strength to be an independent female, but if that female is independent completely and does not take direction, help or support from those around her, then she is a prime target for darkness. Because we are together in this. We are as a family. We are as a union. We do not do this alone. We do not go onto that battlefield and just plough away and kill as many as possible. Now for us to understand this fully, we have to lay down our weapons. And talking as a human female, we have weapons we don't even know. The male is not our enemy. The male is our protector. But he has been forced into a false role using a false context and sleight of hand. Now, Adam and Eve of the Garden of Eden is the starting point for a lot of civilizations, but that's not where it began. We started off in heaven. We will reconnect through heaven back to wider creation and truth. And in heaven, there is no separation. So how do we manage to move back into union how do we manage to move back into truth? And how do we lay down the weapons that both sides have been encouraged to use because they have been blinded to truth? We have to go deep into the heart space and fully surrender to Christ. Christ is beyond the polarity of this space that's referenced as earth. And we will find it very humbling indeed to be in his presence. And that is part of the beauty and part of the miracle that is truth. When we stand in the presence of Christ, we are humbled because he is radiating truth. Now, everything that is not truth will be triggered within us. And many who find that they turn their backs on Christ are turning their backs because of how they feel, not necessarily because of who he is, but what they contain that they feel that they cannot hand over 
Now, handing over things to Christ is not somehow being purer than the driven snow. That is not the Christ I'm talking about. I'm talking about truth. I am talking about the man who went to the cross and who revealed to humanity that there is more to this dimensional space than simply living, existing and dying. Indeed, he revealed to humanity that there is beyond death. Now, we get stuck in death. We obviously experience death in its myriad of forms, whether that is the death of a dream, the death of a loved one, the death of a way of life. Death comes in many forms, and we are heavily conditioned to reject it. The moment that we are born, we will be in the presence of death, because it's death that clears our path for us. Death is not the enemy. The enemy is the old earth matrix that teaches us to fear a process that is part and parcel of being alive. As we grow, as we move from a baby to a toddler, then the death of the baby becomes the life of the toddler. As the toddler matures into a child and goes to school, the death of the toddler allows the life of the child going to school. Then, as we move from school into our teenage and formative years, the death of the child that went to school allows us to live. And so this goes on. But we are so conditioned to fear death that often we will cling on to the phase before and not allow it to fully die. Now, if we are walking through the human life experience and we are holding on to things that should be laid to rest, we begin to feel very heavy because the frequency does not fully resolve itself and we will find ourselves continually facing death until we can hand over that which is no longer ours. Now, we are conditioned to hold on. We are conditioned to hold everybody very close to us. Now, that works against everyone. Because we are here to move in freedom and we are here to move and to flow. Now the ocean does not flow and ebb without ebbing and flowing. The ocean does not remain where it is. There are waves that move it. And the power in the ocean is its movement. Now if we are trying to stand still, we become a pool of stagnant water. Now, with all pools of stagnant water, life begins to die because there are no nutrients, there are no waves, there is no movement. So we begin to stagnate. And then, of course, things begin to grow in the stagnant water that would never grow or begin to birth if we had allowed the flow. So it's very, very important that we allow the flow What will prevent you allowing flow in your life is the fear of what's beyond the wave. Many of us in this human physical form fear the power of the ocean. We fear the power of change because we are constantly looking back over our shoulders to what has been and we are not fully facing what will be. Now we must place our focus on Christ at all times. 
He is the person who will take us from one shore to another. And just as you would set out in a boat, the captain of that boat has to know the navigation points and be able to navigate the sea. He does not navigate that boat looking over his shoulder because the boat would start going off course. Now, because we have been captain of our own ships, we some of us are very off course. Some of us are sailing on seas that we should never, ever have entered. And they are dangerous. And of course, we take emergency manoeuvres. So we're constantly shifting and trying to change direction to move out of the waters that we don't understand. Water, of course, is manifest as human emotion. So many of us are on this ocean of continually moving and battering emotions. And we're trying to find a safe harbour. But every move that we make takes us further across this ocean that seems to go on forever. So one of the first moments that you will have when you step towards Christ is the stilling of the movement. In order to move, you must become very still. It is only in the stilling of your own heartbeat that you understand where you are and what you must do. If the waves are crashing around you, you will just go into emergency mode and you will try and change course yourself to the human panic that is born through the human logical mind. The mind is not our friend because the mind is conditioned to place a navigation point in front of us and then work backwards. How do we get to there? Well, first of all, we plot there and then we follow all the steps backwards to where we are and then somehow we think we're going to get to where we're going. But that is human logic that has been used forever in the human logical mind. So humanity themselves are lost. The blind are literally leading the blind. We're all trying not to bump into one another. We're all trying to stay afloat. And we're all lost if we do not have the correct navigation tools. So why do creation and truth send us Christ? He walked on this earth and he spoke and he revealed love and truth. Now love and truth is a force. Love and truth is not some fluffy romantic notion. It is a powerful force. It is love and truth that moves the ocean. It is the power in the water. And yet many cannot understand the power because they refuse to travel on the ocean. They think their ship is going to sink. They think a storm is going to come and they are going to be cast adrift. And yet the only one who can start calm the storm of the sea is Christ himself. He is untouched by the sea because he is the frequency of truth. Now we are asked at this time to still ourselves. We are asked to understand where we are. Now that is not in the sense of some angry God who is shaking his fist at us saying, look what you've done, look at the mess that you've made. Because Creator does not do that. Creator will send his son to you when he knows that you have cried out for help. When you have reached the end, and for many of us, we will hold on 
long, long after we should have let go. The human ego is that which the old earth triggers. We become like rebellious children. No, no, leave me alone. I can do it. It's fine. I can do it. I can do it. We're not asked to do it alone. There is no shame in asking for help because we can't leave this old earth matrix ourselves. We were born into it. We've been conditioned to accept it and it seeks to envelope us all the time. The way out is in. Christ is the only one who has physically lived within humanity, who had died, who has gone through death, and who waits on the other side. Once we begin to move with Christ, he will take us into the desert. Now the desert is where we find ourselves. We are stripped bare in the desert. All the distractions are removed from us. And they are distractions. What do you do when you feel angry? What's the first thing that you reach for? What do you do to distract yourself? When you feel fear rise within you, what do you distract yourself with? When you feel pain begin to tingle at the edges of your vision, what do you reach for? The old earth matrix is like a candy store. Come little children, you can eat as much as you like. But what is not shown by the old earth matrix is what happens when you eat too much, when you feel sick, when you have had too much candy. Because you can't survive on the candy alone, it will make you sick. You need nourishment. You need water. And you need these things as your basics. Without these, it doesn't matter what you do because you will starve and you will thirst. So when we go through the desert with Christ, he nourishes us and he makes sure that our thirst is quenched. And we must look to him at all times. He is the rudder of our boat. He is our navigation across the desert because the desert doesn't last for as long as our human logical mind thinks it does. Because the desert is where we let go of everything that is not us. How do we know it's not us? Because we are asked to let it go. You cannot let lose truth. It's not possible to take truth off and set it down. Truth remains. What we fight in the outer waking life experience is everything that comes to try and reveal truth to us. We will fight tooth and nail because we believe that we have the answers. Because we've been conditioned to believe that we can solve our own puzzles. But there is no puzzle. There is only death and life. And in order to move into life, we have to be led out of death. So at this time, many of you are facing the end of things that may have been in your human life experience for some time. And many of you are sitting, crying over the spilt milk. You are thinking to yourself, well, where did I go wrong? How did I end up where I am? Why did those people leave? Why did I leave? Why did this not work out for me? How did I lose this? 
because the traps through the old earth matrix is separation and division. We can set out as children with all the lovely big dreams that we want. Then we hit school. School begins to knock the dreams out of us because it pushes us into human logic. And then we enter the wider waking world. And then we get the shock of our lives when we realise that why those who went before us also gave up their dreams. Why are we seeded with dreams if we never ever get to reach them? Because the dreams come from our heart. Each one of us is seeded with a purpose before we are born. When we come in in this wave, when we come into the old earth matrix, we were seeded with truth. And truth has sat like a little seed right in the very middle of our heart. It was put in our heart because that's the one place that the old earth matrix cannot reach. Our heart is a frequency that is beyond the old earth matrix. And so within each of our hearts is a tiny, tiny little seed. But that seed will only grow if it's watered and nourished by truth. If you try anything else, the seed will stubbornly refuse to break its shell and it will stubbornly refuse to grow. And so you may turn your own emotions against yourself, thinking that you are doing something wrong. You are simply using the wrong tools to nourish the seed to encourage it to grow. So when this little seed is allowed to grow, it begins to create miracles. It grows strong within you. It changes your heart. You begin to feel. And when you begin to feel, the first thing that you will feel is the pain of humanity. Because humanity have been kept in the dark for so long. They believe that they are not worthy of the light. You can view it a bit like a gardener. They are the little potted plants that are in their own little pots that have struggled to try and grow in the very little light that is sometimes allowed through the window. But they have not reached their full potential because the soil that they're in is old. The pot they're in constricts and they are hardly watered at all so they don't grow strong. And they are locked in the potting shed. Christ will unlock the potting shed and he will reach in and he will take your little pot. But you have been so used to growing in that damp, dark shed that first of all you will try and shield your eyes. You don't want to see the light because if the light does shine upon you, you will see how little you are. You will see your little pot and see your failure to thrive. And somehow humans are conditioned to accept that that is their fault. You didn't put yourself in the potting shed. You didn't put yourself in that pot. That was how you were birthed. That's the only way into this dimensional space. So the gardener takes the little seed and the little pot and he looks at the pot. And the pot is constricting you. So the first thing that he will do was try and repot you. Now you've become so used to the restrictions around your roots that first of all you may refuse to grow. You may curl your roots inwards and think, oh I'm feeling very exposed, I'm not sure what to do. And many of you will seek out the pots and try and jump back into them because it feels familiar and it feels safe. 
And Christ will take you back out the pot. And he will replant you in a different pot. The pot's a different colour, different frequency, and it allows room for growth. But because you can't feel the edges of your pot anymore, you may think that you are lost. Because you're used to feeling the edges of the pot. Then Christ will begin to water you with the water of life. This will be alien to you because you have not been fed are watered with life. You've maybe been thrown some dirty rainwater and you've maybe been fed some old fertiliser, but you have not been given the nourishment that you need. So this will feel strange as well. And then you may begin to feel growth. And that will feel strange because the pot has constricted your growth. So you have thought that you have reached your potential, when in truth you haven't. And Christ will check on your little pot. He will check on the plant. He will change you to different conditions. Perhaps you need more sunlight. Perhaps you need shelter from the wind. Perhaps you need added nutrients. Perhaps some of the leaves that are on the plant that you are need to be removed so that new growth can start. Perhaps you need to be chopped down a little bit because you've grown a bit straggly. There are multitude of variations. And all will be movement in your human life experience. Now, if you were actually a real palant in a real pot, then you would just surrender to the process. Because that's what nature does. That's what we do in wider creation and truth. We surrender because we trust the gardener. But we've had a false gardener for too long. And we have become used to the abuse of being held in the potting shed. So it takes a little while for you to trust the gardener. It takes a little while for you to trust that you're going to be watered and nourished. It takes a little while for you to trust the sunlight's not going to burn you or shrivel you or that it's going to be taken away. And then you begin to grow. Now we use our faith to grow. Faith is the knowing that sits beyond the human logical mind. And our faith is always rewarded. So we start off with little steps of faith. Then as we begin to grow and we grow our roots down, and we begin to become more sure of the soil that we're planted in, we can take more leaps of faith. We begin to grow strong. And that is what's happening at this time. We have to trust the process. We have to trust the gardener that we have surrendered to, who has come for us because we have shouted from within that potting shed. We have said, enough, please help me, I'm dying. Now, at a human logical mind, you may not understand that you're dying because the shout goes out from within your heart space. Our creator who sits in wider creation and truth knows his children. He sees them because he planted them. And he has never left us. The old earth matrix creates this huge big weave where it says that God is this and God is the next thing and that God has abandoned us. Because it knows that as soon as we get out that potting shed, we begin to experience life and we will never go back in the potting shed. We don't have to because it's not truth. Once we're out the potting shed, we're out. 
but many of us will try and run back in to hide. Because we have been conditioned in that potting shed that we are all that we can be. And that somehow by growing big and strong, we do those who are still in the potting shed some sort of, we do them some sort of dishonour. And we don't. We have to grow in order that they can see that we grow. So that they want to leave the potting shed. Because it's not truth for anybody to be in the potting shed. Despite their cries of no, leave me, I'm fine. They're not fine. Plants can't grow in the dark. They need the sunlight. So at this time there is a major repotting going on. Because Christ being a gardener is able to move with the seasons. Many of you are now moving into a new season. Where you'll be given a bigger pot. You'll be given more nourishment and your leaves may be trimmed so that you grow big and strong. Because Christ knows exactly what you need. Why do creation knows exactly what you need? And your human logical mind may have you believe that you do. But you're inside the pot. You're in the garden. You don't see it from above. Now, Creator and wider creation and truth sees the whole landscape of the garden. He knows that this plant needs to be planted there for it to grow beautifully and bloom. And it sets off all the flowers around it who also grow beautifully and bloom. And then there are the trees and the trees provide the shade. And then there are the hedges and the hedges provide resistance from what's out with the garden. Because we don't want to be out with the garden. So why do creation and truth is creating this spectacular landscape? But we're at ground level, literally at ground level. So we can't see round the corner. We can't see that for the moment we are here because we're going to grow big and strong. But why do creation and truth wants us potted over there? Next to the others who are like us, who are the same frequency who create an absolutely beautiful border, who enhance the beauty of everything that's around us because this is landscaped in perfection. We can't achieve perfection because we're human, but wider creation and truth can perfect us. And this is what we're up against at this time. Do not fear the rain because the rain is there to take away the dry spells because if it's too hot your plant will die will bake in the sun and it will have no nutrients for its leaves it will have no nutrients in the soil so sometimes the garden has to be watered it's watered with tears because tears are cleansing and they release then the sun comes out after the rain and there's a beautiful rainbow in the sky which just reminds us that we are in the universal garden, that we are part of the landscape of wider creation and truth. And all of this is hidden by the veils that are placed upon our human eyes and are placed upon the human life experience itself. But wider creation and truth is now removing the veils. Know that you belong. Know that we are. Know that you are not forgotten about. Know that when you are surrendered fully in Christ, when you're in him, you do not surrender to him, you do not walk with him, you walk in him. 
that bit is important because he's your protection. He is a frequency of truth. You wear frequency of truth like it is your skin. You have to. You don't walk next to it. Truth can't protect you if it's standing next to you. It has to be around you. You have to be in truth, in the centre of truth, which is the heart. Everything else is just viewing. You will be cut down by non-truth. You have to be in truth. This is the end of this particular podcast. I would encourage you to listen to the other podcasts in this series for you to visit the uh, WordPress blog where there is a link to the Orion transmissions that are being shared on the main Orion portal website. Now transmissions are information that comes from Orion because Orion are the bridge to wider creation and truth. So we are connecting in Christ because Christ is the truth, the way and the life. He's truth. So our first connection, our first connection is to Christ. And then we're in the garden. We're not in the garden of Eden because that is not truth. We are in the universal garden. We're out the potting shed and we're in the universal garden. And because it's so different to the potting shed, it's wider. It's got sunlight. It's got everything we need. We can feel a little bit lost because we've never been in that garden before. We've only ever been in the potting shed. So it takes a little bit of linear time to become accustomed to the difference between the frequencies of the potting shed and the universal garden. But the universal garden is where we bloom. Universal Garden is where we take our place and everything in its place because it is perfect. Because it's wider creation and truth and all just is. So we invite you to the garden. Now your route into the garden is through Christ. When you call to him, when you say enough, when you surrender, when you, you just say that is enough, Please come and plant me in the universal garden because that is truth. There's no rote and ritual to calling on Christ. Open your heart and he will hear you because he knows where you are and he knows the ones that need to be replanted. And he will find you. And when he knocks on that door, All you need to do is give him permission to open the door. He has to come in to get you. He comes in through your heart space. And then the work begins in truth. Thank you for listening.